You know, the last few weeks, Reverend has been teaching us and talking to us about spiritual maturity and has given us some nuggets and things that we need to work on and things that need to appear in our life, you know, like love, like being able to discern spiritual things, being, you know, fruitful, being productive. And um, I just thought that we might as well continue where we are. Amen. So we'll look at a couple of things. Let's read a few scriptures. I don't know if you had time to read your Bible before you came to church this morning. So I'll make up for it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you said oh, I was coming to church. There's no need to read my Bible. But yesterday, did you read your Bible? Friday. I should go for Thursday. Hey, Wednesday. What day? What day? <laughs> Last week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's read a couple of scriptures and then we will get into what we'll be talking about for the next couple of weeks. And my prayer is when you're a Christian, coming to church is not just a ritual. It's not just something you do to while at the, the time, but it's something that you come, it's a place you come to and you make sure that you receive some instruction, you receive some wisdom, not for storage, but for usage. Amen not to deepen just your knowledge in the things of God, but also to increase your application of what you know. Amen. You are as good as what you know and do. Because if you know and you don't do, no. It's only the ones that you are doing that is fruitful to you, that is beneficial to you. And that is why I always say that it's good to read the Bible cover to cover every year. It's a good thing. But the only bits that are relevant are the ones you are currently practicing. Do you understand? Yeah. There are Bible scholars in our generation who are atheists. John 3. I'm going to read a new King James. We'll read verse 3 to 6. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Romans 14 Verse 17 and 18, the Bible says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. First Corinthians 4, 1, the Bible says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of of the mystery of God. The verse 20 of this chapter says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in deed. Somebody will say, Reverend, you are going to preach about the kingdom of God. It's up to you. You can make that assumption. But I truly believe that if we are becoming more and more matured spiritually, then we, our life must 
reflect it. Our existence must reflect it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know that if a child comes from a royal family, at a certain age, it might not really be of any benefit to him per se. Do you understand? Because he doesn't need to go and apply for it. Doesn't, he can't even walk. He doesn't know what he has. You know? But it would be very sad that Prince Harry or Prince William or whatever will not know that they are princes. Will not know what they can do, what they have. Will not know what is expected of them. Will not know where to find what they need and how to use what they find. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I just thought that we are going to go on a series called Kingdom Matters. Kingdom Matters. Kingdom. Tell somebody their issues. Their issues. Yeah, because we want to have a very holistic faith and a very holistic existence. And we want to make sure that we maximize everything that God has given to us or that God has made available to us. There are very few of us in this room who maximize the usage of the expensive phone we bought, of the gadgets we have. I mean, I'm number one. I text, I call. Recently, I've started typing notes. I didn't even know that I, I could type my notes in my iPad. I've been writing and writing and writing all these years and then carrying the, yeah. Most of us have nice gadgets. You know, we've put a nice case in it carry it around, but we don't realize all the things we can do with it. Yes, okay, I forgot one. I also use it as an alarm clock. Very, very, you too, yeah. You know, yeah, very, very important one, use it, yeah. But the same phone, there are people who have it, like my son, and they use it for all kinds of things. They produce music on it. They do this on it. They do, yet, yet we bought the phone for the same price, isn't it? Yeah. And how sad would it be that we are all saved, sanctified, born of the Holy Spirit, spirit-led, all the things. And some of us, all we are using the kingdom for is for texting, calling, <laughs> and alarm clock. Lord, I'm in trouble. <laughs> fire service come now yeah and then there are also some who have actually eaten the meat that is there do, do you understand who are benefiting from all the things they, they, are, they are determined that they will not leave this earth without having used everything that has been made available for them may that be your story yeah so before we go on I first of all I just want to you know recently you know, I went to, I was invited to share something somewhere on, um, well, I don't know whether Reverend instigated it. He says he didn't, he was just told, but anyway. And uh, when I finished that uh, meeting, you know, the person who had invited me through Reverend called me and said that, oh, he just wanted to find out if I have a teaching ministry or if I'm a teacher, a prophet, pastor. I said, I'm a servant of God with skills yet unknown. So I think that it's always good that when we are going to treat something and when we are going to um, live out something, it is good to have a good understanding of it. Do, do you understand? Yeah. We don't want to fake it. I know that they have the expression, fake it till you make it. Yeah. Wink it. You know, I, I know people in my life 
who all their exams, you know, they've just been winging through and just, you know, and somehow, you know, they just make it. <laughs> all the grace that has been available, they've expended it all. You know, they are actually in deficit now. I think they're even using other people's grace right now. But I don't want us to be that kind. Yeah, I want us to be people that we are not just walking in. You see, because when you don't have good understanding, you are easily deceived. And that is why Reverend has been encouraging us to mature spiritually. Because you are either deceived or you ridicule that which is very useful to you. I don't know whether it was the sisters that was telling them that lately there's something that has been haunting me seriously. Because when we got married, how many of you know that when you start married, life is not easy? Generally, generally. Yeah, you have to add one plus one, two pounds, two plus two, four pounds, isn't it? Yeah, and um, we were in a flat somewhere, and um, we had a kitchen which was slightly bigger than the pulpit, and um, <laughs> Pastor Sam, please don't, don't even start. <laughs> I said the pulpit stage. Now, if my kitchen was like the stage, wouldn't I still be there? <laughs> So one day we decided that we'll create space and we'll maximize, you know, the space because we, we, we had just had a child. So we went into the cupboard. I don't know if he remembers, but then there were all these, uh, as we call it, China, you know, forks and knives. And, and I was like, what are these? And he said, oh, his father gave them to him. Yeah, you know, some looked a bit rusty, whatever. And then we gathered them and disposed of them. Okay, don't have your marital quarrels here, please. <laughs> and disposed of them. Then a few years down the line, so those were the things in the kitchen. But about a year or two or three later, I don't know what happened. I think that time we had moved to Birmingham, we had left London. And then he went to one of these jewelry places and he had some of the set of those things, not the catalog, but was watch, whatever. Then he took the watch to the jeweler, and the jeweler was so excited. It's like, where did you get this watch from? Do you know its value? And he said, do you have any more? You know, these things are from, you know, and the watch details were the same on the cutlery. Tell this man to get over his problems. He's <laughs> long gone. Yes! So as the person was valuing the watch, my brain, my mathematical brain had started calculating. It could have moved me from that small kitchen. Now, what I mean? It could have moved. It, tell this man to be quiet. But it was out of ignorance. It was out of ignorance and not having, first of all, I didn't know that brand. And it looked old. But there are some things that when they are old, they are more expensive, like wine. There are some things that, you know, when they are polished, they become like gold. Till today, I'm like, whatever skip that those things went to. You know the people who go into skips and said, they are blessed. It's, get over it. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then, it haunts me. <laughs> but you see, we are laughing over my lost cutlery. But some of us are currently throwing things that we should be holding. 
that we should be keeping. All we need is to just polish it and we'll realize that it's value. Tell somebody kingdom matters. So I was checking. I went through a couple of dictionaries and I realized that that expression kingdom has different connotations depending on the sphere or the area. So I realized that in politics, there's a definition for kingdom. In science, there's a definition for kingdom. And then in theology, in biblical studies, there's also a definition. So since that guy from, that young man from a reverence group told me that I'm a teacher, I, I will teach you a couple of things. If he changes my title, I'll come and prophesy over you. So in politics, a kingdom is a country or a territory ruled by a king or a queen. And in this regard, it is also a realm associated with or regarded as being under the control of a particular person or thing. So example, you can say the kingdom of dreams, you know, or something that is within your domain or your orbit, you know. So when we say somebody has come or somebody is coming into your kingdom or somebody has come into their kingdom, we are saying that they have come to their place of achievement or recognition or their place of supremacy. Do you understand? So all of us, we have our own little kingdoms that, you know, yeah, and that can make us really puffed up and arrogant and um, sometimes can make us very pompous. And then in science, it refers to each of the three traditional divisions which natural objects have been conventionally been classified. So there are three categories. So we have animals, we have plants, we have minerals. Do you understand? So the animal kingdom, do you get it? The plant kingdom, then the minerals, you know, we have silver, gold, bauxite, rubies, all that. Then we have, in theology, it is the spiritual reign or authority of God. It is also the rule of God. And when we say the rule of God, we are talking about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now, in this present, and also in the ages to come. It is also regarded as heaven as the abode of God and of all the faithful after death. But also, the devil also has a kingdom, which he also offers it to us. When Jesus was, after he had fasted, the devil came to offer him, isn't it, territory. So there's also that kingdom. So a few things for us to realize why it is so important for us to look at this so that we maximize it, get the right benefits of it, and not just turn it into like a slogan or, you know, something we just declare, but something that we can actually live out. So the first thing I have to tell you is that the kingdom of God was not just on Jesus' agenda, but that was his agenda. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? It wasn't like he had things to do, and then that was it. Because in Matthew 4, 17, the Bible says that this was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. 
I haven't worn my glasses. It's working. It's working. My eyes are getting better. Somebody say amen. Very soon when I come to the stage, I won't come with it at all. But not today. But very soon. Matthew 4.17, the Bible says that from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And also you will see in um, Acts, as he was departing after he had risen, he had some conversation with the disciples. He says that, Acts 1, 6 to 8, he says that, therefore when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when you look at the beginning of Jesus' ministry to the end, whilst he was on earth, you realize that there's a plethora of, you know, parables, sayings, you know, either applied implicitly or explicitly relating to the kingdom. And we have to understand that the kingdom is not just something that God has done, but it's something that God is doing and will do. And we have to know what he has done. We have to know what he's doing, and we have to know what he will do. And um, since we are focusing our discussions on this kingdom that relates to God, we have to also understand how we are going to relate it to us here on earth. And um, just for a bit of clarification, you realize that all through from um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, right to the end of the New Testament, you realize that there's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of God. And the theologians have been fighting amongst themselves, but we are not going to do that. We are just going to enjoy it and live it. But just for you to have a certain understanding, because you realize that the expression kingdom of heaven is mainly found in the book of Matthew. Do you understand? You find a few bits maybe in Luke, but most of that expression is found in the book of Matthew. When you get into Acts, Romans, Corinthians, then it's talking about the kingdom of God. And um, there's a sort of a little thread that runs through, and you realize that when the kingdom of heaven was being spoken about, it was normally like the kingdom of heaven is near you, it's at hand. Do you understand? So it's almost like you haven't yet had it, but you can reach it, or you can touch it. And that was because when it was being used, the people that it was being brought to were not very receptive of it. So the reason why we have that expression, you realize that uh, Jesus was talking to the Jews who were not ready to accept him. Do you understand? They were still waiting for the Messiah. But then when the uh, gospel was preached to the Gentiles, when Paul went taking it, they received it. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so he was like, the thing is near. If you could only take it, you will. So I believe that for those of us who have taken it, then it's no longer near. It's here. Do you get it? So when we are talking about kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, if you are a Christian, just take it. Do you understand? Don't begin to become analytical and say, okay, the kingdom of heaven will come, you know, after the rapture, you know, when I'm getting... Please, I'm living it now. 
Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we'll leave the theologians to keep fighting. And then we'll live it out. Somebody say amen. You know, when you read Matthew uh, 13, the Bible says that, um, let me read 10 to 11. It says that, then the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? And he replied to them, to you it has been given to know the secrets and mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. Then Matthew 23, 13, the Bible says that, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. For you neither enter yourself, nor do you allow those who are about to go in to do so. Luke 22, 28 to 30 says that, But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So I'm praying that as we go through a number of scriptures, a number of things that we discuss, I'm praying that you won't allow anybody to prevent you from receiving what you have to receive and use. You see, Jesus was saying that you Pharisees and scribes, you, you don't want to enter. You too, you are blocking people from entering. And I believe that because of all these various denominations, days, you know, all this, sometimes we remove a whole part of the blessing that God has placed in our lives. Whilst we are discussing and arguing. Yeah. You know, some spiritual gifts, some whatever. Even things like, you know, is it good to prosper? Should a Christian be wealthy? Is it good to, you know? If God has said it's mine, somebody say, then it's mine. Hallelujah. Okay, now some of the general things that you find in the kingdom. The first thing is that every kingdom has a king. Now we are talking about God. So we are talking about God's kingdom. So God is the sovereign ruler of this kingdom. Stop making your boss or other people the ruler of your life. You are a child of God. And he says that except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom. You have been saved, sanctified. You have entered the kingdom. The ruler that you have is God. Stop letting men rule and control you. They are the ones who cause you to laugh. They are the ones who cause you to cry. You wait on them to prosper. You wait on them to disappoint you. You wait on them to succeed. But you have a ruler who is separate from men. Yeah. God is utterly independent. Totally independent of creation. But creation is totally dependent on God and his sovereign rule. I don't care what anybody tells you. The last few months have made us realize that we can do it. We are not as independent as we thought we were. And those who were supposed to rule us were clueless. They are still making, they are, uh, they are doing somebody, they are following somebody's food and just wing, they say, wear masks, don't wear masks, do this. Oh, actually, put this kind trial and error. Very soon they will say we should all live apart. Husbands find a house, wife find a house. Man is totally dependent on God. Man is totally, listen, 
But you see, we are more dependent on man than we are on God. You are depending on somebody who is depending on somebody. That is why we get so frustrated in various areas, including even our marriage and our relationship. Because the person that you are depending on them to give you joy, they too sometimes they don't have joy. If they don't have joy, how can they give you joy? If they don't have peace, how can they give you peace? And definitely if they don't have money, how can they give you money? It's a message. Tell somebody the Lord is my king. Yeah. And you shouldn't be afraid to say it. You know, the atheists and the agnostics are coming up with all kinds of weird things. That why should somebody dominate you? You know, Christianity is a dominate. All of us are being dominated by something. And by somebody. Everybody is. Then I might as well choose the one that is dependable, reliable, and changing. But everybody is. Everybody is being dominated by. Yeah. Some of us, we are in a relationship with a fool. Beats you. And he's also. What I, I can't handle is when you are in a relationship with somebody who is very poor. <laughs> and cannot treat you right. So then what is your benefit in there? Oh, I'm preaching. Judging, I'm preaching. <laughs> Depend on God. Depend on God. Depend on God. I'm helping somebody. Look at how 2020 has been. All the things we were relying on, our job, our plans, our this, our that, what has become of them? All that has sustained us since March has been our faith and our hope and our trust that through it all, God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Through it all, God will provide for us. He will make a way for us. Even where there seems to be no way, God will make a way for us. Change kingdoms. Kingdom of men. Every kingdom also has laws. Governing laws. And um, when we, as we go on, we probably will look at some of them. And so you must know the laws that govern this kingdom. So that you can live well and enjoy it. Yeah. Do you know that in England, if you generate wealth through dubious means, that wealth can be taken from you. Yeah. And then you can even be jailed. Yeah, but it's wealth nevertheless because they are governing laws and it's the same in the kingdom of God. And the thing is that because we are looking at things sometimes a lot more physical than spiritual, we can't appreciate how these laws will work because they do not work in the world system. Those laws, when you apply them in the world system, they'll, tell, they'll describe you as weak Useless, this, you know. But in the kingdom of God, it works. You know, all through scripture, even in the Old Testament, there are certain kinds of kingdoms that you find. In um, Genesis 10, 9, the Bible says, He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it said, Even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and Kalna in the land 
Where am I? Before mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and Eric and Akkad and Kalna in the land of Shina. And the beginning of his kingdom was, so there was a kingdom which was the kingdom of Babel. But that is the one that man makes. That is where man dominates. When he talked about what you have achieved, what you have become, what you have superiority over. Then we also have something described as the kingdom of priests. Exodus 19, the Bible says that, verse 5, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. You know, when you read a revelation, it says that we are kings and priests. And it also is trying to tell us that in that kingdom of priests, there are also certain rules and laws. Say that you shall be unto me a holy nation. And there are certain blessings that come with the kingdom of priests. And that is why even us as a church, we always encourage people that listen, give a little bit of your time to God. Serve God in whatever capacity you can because there's also a certain blessing that the people who are in that priestly kingdom also benefit from. Stop leaving the service of God and the work of God in the house of God to these MOGs and WOGs. We've had enough of them. Because we are all men of God. We are all women of God. And if there's a kingdom that people are operating in. Why can't we also be in there? Why can't we also? Because the priests are just the, uh, the ones who bring whatever God is saying to the people and take the people's issues to God. Why can't you be somebody who prays for others? Why can't you be somebody to whom the Lord can reach people, can reach your family, can reach your friends? Why can't you be... Listen, and let me tell you, even as a pastor... There are some of you that anytime I'm praying, then your name will come. Then your thought will come. Why? It's because the Lord is the one who places that thought in my head. Why? Because God is seeing you. And some of us too, we have made ourselves, uh, as Reverend would say, like MI5 church members. Undercover lovers. Yeah. You know, we, we are in the uh, secret service. Yes. But if you are in the secret service, then we can't know your identity. We are not supposed to know your identity. And whatever work you're doing is undercover. How would you receive the blessing? I pray that now that we are coming out of COVID, all of us will rise up and do something for God. And find something to... Listen, I am the most talentless human being on the planet. When God was sharing gifts, he didn't give some to me. But somehow, if I've still found something to do for God, then what about you that you can sing? What about you that you can dance? What about you that you can talk? What about you that you are gifted in one area or the other? How can you not give some of it to God? But in the kingdom of the world, we give it. When they say, who wants promotion? Me. Who wants uh, salary increase? Me. Who wants to go for, uh, what do you call it, uh, advanced uh, Excel, uh, uh, tuition, uh, me. Who wants to upgrade? Me. Who? 
Then when you come to the house of God, who wants to be an usher? Who wants to sing? Who wants to preach? How would you benefit from this particular one? Then you also have the kingdom of the Lord, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, and the kingdom of heaven. So what are the fundamentals of the kingdom of God? God, What are the fundamentals? The first one, which we saw in John chapter 3, when we read it, is the fact that it is a spiritual kingdom, and we must understand and live it right from our new birth. It is not a kingdom that you have to wait till you have fully matured as a Christian. It is a spiritual kingdom. It is not a physical kingdom. It's not a mental kingdom. It is a spiritual kingdom. And we enter into it at the point of salvation. If you get saved today, that was the day the door was opened for you. John chapter 3, when we read it, verse 5, it says that Jesus answered, Assuredly, most solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. So this new birth is a spiritual birth. So this kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. And that is why if you're a Christian and you're too canal, there's no way you can tap into this. There's no way you can tap into it. Listen, if you don't understand a particular language, you can be in that land and never be blessed. Yeah. can be in that land. I mean, you struggle. You go and shop. You buy wrong things. You go, I mean, when we were living in France, we had our little supermarket behind the house that I used to go and do my shopping in. I never liked to remember those days because, you see, that was a season in life where God was testing and trying my love for him, my faith, and, you know, my calling. And when you go to that supermarket, everything is in uh, French. Everything. So sometimes you have to look at the drawing. If they've drawn chicken on the thing, you know it's chicken. But sometimes the rabbit and the chicken, they look the same the way they have drawn the thing. <laughs> Buying all kinds of animals. Only God knows what we have eaten. <laughs> because, you see, they don't have it in the whole form that you can see there's a whole chicken. They have chopped the thing up. When it's boneless and it's dead, how would you know? Whether it's chicken breast... Frog breast. Eey. And then the worst one is the canned food. Because you don't know whether it's dog food, cat food, human food. Because all they've put is that maybe minced meat. They've mashed the meat and put it there. Yeah. How would you know? Then when you try and tap one of the people who work there, then they'll tell you about uh, uh, combo. Hey, they are lying. <laughs> you cannot operate well there. It was a struggle. And there was a certain man who lived in our house. There was some one man who lived amongst the children and I. There was a man who, at least, he knew a lot more French than the rest of the household. So he had become really pompous with attitude. You know, when you're going to the shop and it's like, oh, let's go. It's like, why should we go? Aren't you, how old are you? Aren't you a grown man? Because of a few lines of French. That will need interpretation. Sometimes, even the worst ones, after you have finally managed to pick the right. So I always used to buy fresh things because pineapple is pineapple. When you can see the fresh pineapple, it's pineapple. You get to the till. 
Then you there, there, sir. I said, oh, please. <laughs> and the worst one is when the screen is facing her rather than you. So you can't see the amount. So sometimes I'll just drop a lot of euros there. Pick the one you want and just let's get going. I do not belong to the kingdom. Yeah. The final day after we had packed all our things, shipped all our things, ready to leave that kingdom, then we had to get, I think it was the shipping company needed some documents, so I went to the shop because they also had a, a photocopier. You pay and then you. So I went to the photocopier. I lifted it to put whatever document I was going to photocopy. Then there was somebody said, in EU, they have an EU card. So somebody had left their EU card on the uh, photocopier. So I took it. It's like, you know, then I met somebody. I was trying to, then I saw the manager. Then I went, I was like, um, say, they said, oh, speak English, speaking. Then I was like, oh, can you speak English? She said, yes, I've had, and then she was speaking fluently. I said, every day you have been seeing me here. You have been seeing me struggling. <laughs> Never come to my aid. Today, which is my last day on your land, you are telling me that you speak fluent English. Listen, some of us, the devil has deceived us and pretending as if, listen, you are not part of the kingdom of God. You are not part. And if you are not careful, it will be only on the last day that you realize that actually you are part of the kingdom of God. I, I, in fact, I was a pastor then, so I couldn't do anything to her, but I had all kinds of thoughts for her. And she, and she was making long conversation that how are the children? How, so she has been seeing us coming and going with all our struggles. <laughs> Frog legs. <laughs> yeah. She said, and then so when I told her, oh, we are leaving. She was asking, when are we coming back to... I said that you entered the kingdom on the day of your salvation. But it's a spiritual kingdom. Your body didn't go in, but your spirit is there. Don't let anybody deceive you. The next thing is that I want to let you know that it belongs to everyone who is saved. It's for all saints. It's for all Christians. I've written here, I said, nobody has an advantage in this kingdom by default. Yeah, we are the ones who choose to take our place. Yeah, because if I'm a British citizen, I'm a British citizen. You can't change it. Do you understand? You can't change it. And any benefits that there are, I'm also part of it. Yeah, the kingdom of God is not for a privileged few. So anything that we are going to talk about includes you. Don't remove yourself from it. Don't, you see, because of all this you know, spiritual antagonism going on in the body of Christ. Some of us are joining this group. We don't believe in this. We don't accept this. Some of us, oh, these people are prosperity preachers. These people, they like power and sign. Hey, if there's prosperity in the kingdom, I'm taking it. If there's power in the kingdom, I'm taking it. If there's healing in the kingdom, I'm taking it. If there's grace in the kingdom, I'm taking it. If there's favor in the kingdom, I'm taking it. If there's mercy in the kingdom, I'm taking it. If there's forgiveness in the kingdom, I'm taking it. Whatever it is in the kingdom, I'm taking it. And sometimes we are so logical in our thinking that we forget that that which is born of spirit is spirit. It is spirits that are operating. It is, listen, men don't rule, mere men. Spirits reign, spirits rule. 
whether evil or good spirit, whatever, spirit reign. The battle is not what you see. It is unseen. The success is, before you see it appear on earth, it has already been declared and somebody has already de- uh, taken it. It is spirits that reign. It is spirit. You see, all this uh, COVID-19 and everything else that's coming. Listen, there is a spiritual connotation that most of us are not even sensitive to it. And that is why instead of us spending time to find out what is God resetting? What is God using this season for? What am I supposed to be doing at this time? What are even the benefits for me even in this bad season? When Joseph was being, uh, you know, sold by his uh, family, going into prison, if he doesn't have a level of relationship with God, how would he know that actually it's because he's going to be in charge of Egypt? You know, the, the, the king was going to put everything in his care to do. If, if uh, what if Paul didn't know that, listen, all these beatings and, you know, all these struggles, prison and things I'm going through, is because I'm going to be the greatest apostle that men from generations, centuries and centuries will come to walk by the words that I'm writing in there. But if you are too kind, you will know. And you see, receiving from the kingdom, you can receive in three folds. God can open your eyes and deal with you directly. You understand? You can have a divine intervention, a divine communication, you know, where God shows you things specifically, where God declares things on you. But also, in this kingdom too, we have principles. And anybody who goes by the principles will receive whatever it is. And that one applies to everybody on earth. That is why even if an armed robber does what is right, he will receive the reward. Yeah. So if it says that you, shall, you should give and it shall be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaking together. If a thief gives, he will be blessed. If an unbeliever gives you to bless, and look at it, it is even one of those things that the church is still fighting over. Why should I give when I come to church? Why should? And then you have atheists and people who don't believe in God, like Bill Gates and all other people, and even just normal CEOs and directors and managers of companies. They know that if their company is doing well, then they must take something out of the company and bless the community and bless the society and set up a fund for some. Uh, what do you call it, underprivileged child because in it, there is a principle they'll be blessed. But as Christians, we can't learn it. We battle with it. Why should I give? Why should I help? Your friend, your brother, your sister in the house of God is going through something. When you see them, you say it is well. Have you seen somebody use it as well to pay their bills before? Have you seen somebody use it as well to buy food before? But it's a principle that unbelievers are following. But Christians can't. Christians can't. Christians can't. It says, honor your father and mother and it will be well with you. It never described them. It didn't say, honor good parents. Honor Christian parents. Honor parents who took care of you. Honor parents who gave you good guidance, who took you to school. There is no qualification for the honoring of parents. If it is your father, 
If it is your mother, if it is somebody in your life who has been there as a mother or a father, you have to honor them. But if you are going to do it through flesh, you cannot. Because your flesh will tell you this person was wicked. This person was mean. This person wasn't good. But if you do it by the Spirit. I was watching something a few, about a week or two ago. And then I saw um, this actress or whatever. And it was her birthday. And she had just gone to a couple of people that she said had sort of mothered her or fathered her in one way or the other. And she was sowing a seed in their lives. And I told Reverend, I said, people will not understand why this woman is blessed. People will not understand why, even though others are doing the same job as she's doing, she is succeeding. Because she has understood the principles that exist. It's kingdom work. And the third one is that sometimes God will associate you with somebody that has already been given a gift or a privilege that you too can benefit from. Like Laban discovered of Jacob. And when God brings you into association like that, don't act with pride. Don't act with arrogance. Because if you can see in the realms of the spirit, you know that my blessing is tied with this person. And in humility, I will receive whatever it is 